0: Hello everyone, I'm Frank Rock and welcome to From the Hacks, Waking Up with the Briar. On Sunday evening, Team Canada will face wildcard team Cooey, skipped by Kevin Cooey, in the televised game. Among the many watching the game from home will be Cooey's brother and sister, Jamie Cooey and Kerry Galusha, who also happen to be guests on today's show. My other guest today is Bruce Mowat, skip of the Scottish team that will be entering the Calgary bubble to compete in both the Men's Worlds and the two Grand Slam events. We discuss what the pandemic has been like for him and other Scottish curlers. We talk about the Briar, and we also look ahead to the World Championships. All that and more on today's episode of Waking Up with the Briar. On Sunday evening, Kevin Cooey's wildcard team will face Brad Gushu's Team Canada in a battle of the skips that have combined to win the past five briars. As you all know, Kevin Cooey comes from a proud curling family. And as our first guest on this episode, we welcome Kevin Cooey's sister and brother, Carrie Galusha and Jamie Cooey. Kerry, I want to start with you. Uh, You're back home now in isolation after having competed in the 2021 Scotties inside the Calgary Bubble. Can you take us back to the beginning of Scotties week and then perhaps also take us back to that heartbreaking loss your team suffered in the final round-robin game against wildcard team Peterson, which essentially kept your team out of the championship pool?
1: Yeah. I mean, we started off a little rocky with our first game that Friday night against Northern Ontario. We were up and then we kind of blew that game and, um, which I think really helped us because if that hadn't have happened, we actually wouldn't have, um, you know, hashed out a few things and it was hard because that was our first tournament of the year. And there were so many team things we didn't, you know, team routines we didn't have yet. So, um, we just got stronger as the week went on, and I know beating Rachel Holman was huge for us and for the North, and, you know, all our, our other games were close, and even against Carrie Anderson that morning, it, the score didn't really show. We were just kind of hanging on by a thread, and, um, you know, we were having a few technical issues uh that week the ice is so swingy down there which was great i love the ice but if you're a little tight you're not going to have any results and that's you know we missed that's why so we were just trying to work through that all week and then we we were hoping to be put in a position to make it through to the next round in the championship pool even though we were in pool a which was super tough but you know we were really thankful to have the that game against beth peterson and have that opportunity to possibly move on it's too bad i missed you know my last four shots of the 10th and 11th end and you know that's the way it happens i um i loved the ice all week and i was reading it really well i know a lot of skips didn't love it but i really liked it but i just she d got me that week we've also played alberta on that sheet and um I just had a little bit of trouble reading it there at the end and wasn't taking enough ice for my shots and it showed and uh, we're actually really disappointed we didn't pull that one out but at the same time we were thankful to be put in that position and we learned a lot so next year if we're in that position um, we'll be able to deal with it a little bit better. Now,
0: Kerry, final results aside, it was a big week for your team. Uh, There was that win against Team Holman, for one, and also the fact that your team played on national TV a couple of times, including in that big final round-robin game against Walcott T. Peterson, even though Kerry Anderson was playing Rachel Holman in that same draw. How important might that victory over Rachel be, and also the visibility your team received on national TV last week to help grow the game and get more young players, and even more players in general, involved in the sport of curling in the territories? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I know there was a little bit of an uproar when TSN decided to show our game, but I mean, our game meant something. That game didn't really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. So it was pretty cool. I mean, they, TSN showed three of our games against Anderson, Holman, and uh, the, the wildcard team at Peterson. So those were big games, and I'm a little surprised they showed us because, you know, we're some a bit of a wildcard too like we might show up and we might not so just a little bit inconsistent every year um I'm glad that our team showed up this year played half decent for those games but we've received so much support from the north um we've always received a lot of support and I know people know who I am and they know myself and my team are decent curlers but this year it just felt different um just with us with TSN showcasing us a little bit more and then beating Holman, and then having that last game against Peterson. They, I think, the North. I've received so many messages, even from people down in the U.S. It's, it's been amazing at how much support we've received. But uh, it's always so fun representing the North and being the underdog now jamie you're also a very competitive
0: curler having competed in 14 different briars how difficult is it to watch your sister in an important game like the one she played against team peterson especially when she started struggling towards the end of the game and, and you're basically sitting at home and feeling helpless watching your sister going through that at the end of such an important game
2: yeah yeah it was tough to watch i mean uh, they uh they uh, played a first great seven ends, right? Seven eight ends. They were they were totally in control, and then you could kind of kind of see it, see it get a little tight and uh, kind of slipped away. And uh, you know, in uh, in ten and eleven, right? So uh, you know, I was uh, I was at work and uh, trying to work, but I was trying to try to watch the game at at the same time. And uh, yeah, you, you you felt for them, and you you could kind of see things get tight and slipping away, and it was uh, it was pretty hard to watch.
0: Now, Jamie, uh, you were at home uh, in the territories during the Scotties. Uh, what was the vibe and the excitement and level like in the territories as Carrie and her team were beating Team Holman and then coming oh so close to qualifying for the championship pool?
2: For sure, I think I was at the curling club most of the nights that week, and, uh, and uh, everyone was watching, and it was always on TV there, and uh, everyone was talking about it and how how well they were playing and how well they were doing. You know, uh, I think I know they just barely missed out, but uh, you know, Kerry talked about their first game and then their last game. You know, they could have been very easily been six and two and right in right in contention. So that's how well they played, but you know, you get a couple couple of bad breaks, and here uh, four and four. And but uh, everyone in the north was uh, super proud of their performance. Jamie, until this year, you had
0: represented the territories at the Briar every year since 2009. But this season, you decided not to participate in any territorial playdowns. Could you take us through the decision not to participate in the playdowns this year? And what led you and your team to make that difficult decision?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we had to make a decision whether we were going to play play playdowns or not. Uh, We were registered, uh, but we had to register back in December 1st. Um, so we didn't uh, obviously know much about the Calgary bubble or much about uh, the NWT playdowns, and then uh, we kind of had to make a decision whether to whether to enter playdowns. There was a cutoff date where we could pull out with uh, kind of no no sanctions, or if we proceeded and then won one, one playdowns, uh, we would have had to go to the bubble. And if at any point we pulled out, uh, what we were hearing we would be suspended for for a year. So we just we weren't fully committed to to the thought of the bubble uh, with just with the information we had in early January. So it just seemed a little risky to us. Um, but, you know, in, in saying that, uh, you know, the briar starts tomorrow night, it's going to be pretty hard to watch, I think, but uh, um, I think we made the right decision just, you know, just come to where we are kind of working family wise. So, you know, I, I uh, it'll be tough to watch this weekend, but I think we made the right decision uh, for, for us.
0: Now, Kerry, with the pool system in place now, Jamie and Kevin don't play each other each year at the Briar when both their teams are there. What's it like watching your two brothers compete against each other in a national championship when they do face each other at the Briar?
1: (laughs) It's always really tough, but it's also fun to watch. So um but it's always you know what it's always so tricky because Kevin will do well either way and you know Jamie's coming from the north it's a little harder so they're always um scrapping for those wins so it's always tricky and I last year I watched their game in uh, Kingston when they played each other and and you know it's always hard and I think it's hardest on my parents but you you know you just have to cheer for good shots it'll be weird that they don't have to play each other this year
0: Jamie, you and Kevin have both said that the one game you would rather avoid each year at the Briar is the one where you have to play against each other. Aside from that, how difficult is it for you not to peek over during a typical Briar week to see how your brother is doing when you happen to be on the ice at the same time?
2: Yeah, it's really hard. You're trying to focus on your game, but uh, at the same time, you're, you're, you're keeping your eye on him because uh, you want them to do well. and. They generally do do well, right? So um, it's 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 really tough when they're on the ice at the at the same time, and you kind of want to want to watch his big shots, but you're trying to focus on your game and get your game done. But you know, generally, generally we just keep to ourselves out there. Um, but uh, we are definitely rooting for each other uh, behind the behind the scenes.
0: Carrie, you mentioned your parents a few moments ago. Uh, your dad has been a fixture at uh, major curling events over the past few years. How have your folks been doing throughout this pandemic year? And what is the plan for your dad and your mom uh, when it comes to watching the Briar this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we did buy my dad a cutout for his birthday, though. So he he does have one there (laughs) in. So he is in the stands, which is great for him. And my dad will love that. I think they TSN showed him on TV last week during one of our games. So my dad will love that. And um, yeah, I mean, my mom is that uh, she lives and dies for every single one of our games. So she's watching on TV here in Yellowknife. And um, yeah, they're doing they're doing well.
0: Jimmy, the field that your brother will face in the briar is obviously very deep. But Do you think we'll see a little bit of rust early in the week like we did for a day or two during the Scotties? Or do you think the men's teams, in part because they got a few extra weeks of practice before the bubble, might be able to find their groove a little more quickly?
2: Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, I think... uh... The women got going there and once they shook off the rust, right? It was, it was just a great week of curling. So I think the men were probably, all the te- men's teams were watching and probably seeing what the ice was doing, right? So I think they know what the ice is doing now. They they know the rocks. So, you know, I'm assuming that they're, they're going to be ready to come out of the gates after watching a week of the Scotties and really, really mapping out what those sheets are up to. Carrie, I got to ask,
0: you said a little earlier that you love the ice at the Scotties, and Jennifer Jones said it was the best Scotties ice she's ever played on, but I also know several teams who really did not like the ice, at least for parts of Scotties week. How long did it take you and your team to find your comfort level with the ice in the bubble in Calgary last week?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I know the ice was tricky, and we saw a lot of misses, um, but I am with Jennifer Jones. This is the swingiest Scotty's ice I've ever curled on, and I loved it. If you can read ice, which has one of has always been one of my strong suits, because we we got all kinds of ice up north, and you just have to be good at reading it. I, it. It was fine. One, you know, it it changed every draw. I don't think we had one sheet the same every draw. All four sheets were different. One side curled more than the other, um, but. Honestly, it came down to ice reading and where our team struggled is was our technical. Like I said, we were tight. We just weren't quite getting the broom. You know, whereas in and Earson, you can really see the difference in their throws. They really the broom. They're used to playing on arena ice, whereas teams like us uh, um, just aren't. So that's where the difference was. I thought it was great ice. And I mean, I honestly think open hits were a struggle for most teams including ours just because you just couldn't you just get to that broom and if you didn't you paid for it so um, but yeah I, I agree with Jen I, I loved the ice.
0: Now Jamie what are you expecting to happen during the brewery? do you anticipate the more experienced high ranked teams to lead the way like the top ranked women's teams did during the Scotties.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think it's going to be a great event and some uh, amazing curling to watch. But uh, you know, I think it's going to come down to to the experience. And uh, you know, like Kerry said, the ice is so swingy, and it's likely going to be the same for the men, right? I think they, Kerry mentioned it changed over draws, but uh, I think they they likely got it figured out, and I think it'll be really swingy. So I think it's those those teams that uh, are in the slams that play on the big swingy ice all the time. They're going to be they're going to be ready to go. And used to that, right? So I think it's going to come down to those teams that are in the running every year, um, that uh, that are going to be there at the end of the week. Plus, there might be there might be one team that people don't think of that might get get hot and make it to that semifinal. So it'll be uh, it's going to be interesting, and uh, I'll be watching closely all week, and including uh, cheering on uh, my brother's team as well as uh, the Northwest Territories team.
0: And finally, Jamie, before I let the two of you go, uh, you're actually playing in an event this weekend, right?
2: Yeah, we're uh, we're actually up in Nunavik now, uh, Northwest Territories, right now for the uh, NWT mixed playdown. So the winner of this event will go on to the nationals in Canmore in November. So uh, unfortunately, Kerry is in Carrie's uh, back in Yellowknife in isolation and couldn't attend with us. So uh, so we have a we have a spare with us this weekend, and uh, we're hoping that we can uh, we can qualify for nationals, and then Kerry can Carrie uh, can join us in November.
0: So, Carrie, I guess you're going to be nervously awaiting updates on your phone the whole weekend then, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, was really nervous because Megan uh, Kohler, our other player, she had to move up to third. So she's a little nervous, and I'm a little nervous for her. So, um, But they'll be fine. And uh, Jamie just told me before this call that uh, – the games will be on facebook live so that'll be great so i can sit here and i can watch them curl and i can watch my brother curl in the briar and do some work so it's perfect
0: oh, In draw two action on Saturday morning, Wayne Madaw, some five years after a horrible skiing accident, had apparently ended his competitive curling career, made a triumphant comeback at the Briar, leading Team Howard to a 9-5 win over the Northwest Territories. After the game, Madaw and Glenn Howard were asked about a game-changing draw that Madaw made in the sixth end against three opposition counters.
2: Yeah, it it felt great to be able to make that shot, but uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I Literally, I practiced that shot 100 times over just for that situation. And uh, I was happy that yeah, it was the boys judged it perfectly and the rock stopped in the right spot. Yeah. And no, all, uh, all kidding aside, that was Wayne's big test. <laughs> like, you sure. know, he, he, uh, he threw a bunch, he played so well to that point, And uh, that that's the first uh, test. And it was literally, you could see when he let it go, the boys loved it. They dusted it, cleaned it, uh, swept it perfectly. And Wayne, Wayne made that out of his hand. And that's, that's what Wayne does. And uh, again, that's, that's why we brought him here. He's, he's going to make those shots and he's, he's made that shot a thousand times and, Guys, this is, this is the difference between Wayne Don and anybody else. He hasn't been playing a competitive game in five years, and yet he goes out there and draws to the forefoot uh, when he needs to. And, boys, that's, uh, that's what we expected, and that's what we got from him today.
0: Another draw to action. Team Manitoba took advantage of a late mistake by Brendan Botcher of Team Alberta for a come-from-behind 5-4 to win. Meanwhile, Northern Ontario scored four in the first end of their game against UConn and never looked back on their way to an 11-3 to victory. And finally in draw two, New Brunswick scored an important early victory, 6-3 to over wildcard team McEwen. After the game skip, James Grattan explained how his team had been practicing on briar-type ice in their club back home for a couple of months, which might explain the fast start by a team that usually needs a few days to find their groove. Uh,
2: yeah, I think for us, uh, typically a busier season, we don't really have a lot of time to prepare for the briar, less necessarily. We come off our tankard and usually three weeks later we're, we're at the briar and the ice usually in our province is a little straighter, so we prepare for that to be able to just make an appearance here. But uh, this year, we were able to get some ice makers that were uh, able to just focus on this event rather than uh, getting us through our tankard. So I think that helped us a lot. We were able to prepare to come here uh, uh, probably in almost two months. Oh,
0: in draft reaction at the 2021 Tim Hortons Briar, wildcard team Cui won their second straight game to start the Briar, a 7-6 victory over Newfoundland and Labrador. After the game, John Morris was asked about a photo that has surfaced on social media yesterday of Alex and Evan McDonough, the front end for team Newfoundland and Labrador, who were still kids at the time, getting autographs from Morris 11 years ago at the Briar in Halifax.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that till uh, that Twitter picture you know, yesterday, but that was
0: really cool. They're a good up and coming team. And I think that uh, I don't remember that picture from Halifax because we were on a bit of a, a rodeo after those Olympics, but uh, uh, you know, I think, I think what, uh, you know, what Brad and his team have done in Newfoundland to really promote a lot of curling. And I think that, uh, yeah, it was cool. Every time you can,
2: or does that just mean I'm getting old? I'm not sure. Kev, what do you think?
0: <laughs> but uh, either way, it's great to see that, uh, you know, they gave us a great game and uh, I know that, When I played against like Al Hackner and Ed Wernick, uh, that was my favorite memory. So hopefully uh, we're at that status. Also in draw three, Team Canada scored four points over the last two ends to defeat Quebec by a score of 11 to 7, while Nova Scotia defeated PEI by a score of 11 to 4. And finally, in draw three, Team Ontario came back from a 3-1 deficit, which steals in the final three ends, to defeat Saskatchewan by a score of 6-3. After the game third, Ryan Fry of Ontario spoke about how every game early in this event will be important for their team, and it's going to be a learning experience because they basically haven't played much as a team since last year's Briar second game together as a
1: team in a year so we're just trying to relearn uh relearn everything and you know really try and understand the ice and the rocks and it's just been it's just been very you know it's been a learning process but it's something that's going to take it doesn't just happen immediately you know we feel very fortunate we got a we got a huge break there we were behind in that game pretty much the entire way and um you know testament to our team that we did stick in there and were able to pull in and and like john said that's math going forward because uh, as many wins as you can get in the column is what's needed.
0: In draw four action, New Brunswick wrapped up a perfect start to their 2021 Briar, winning their second game of the day, this time 7-5 over BC. After the game, New Brunswick's second Andy McCann spoke about how confident the team was heading into the bubble after a few solid months of practice back home.
2: We actually were able to practice a lot coming into the event, so we, po- we felt pretty comfortable. We got to meet our third in person <laughs> while we were here, although we played against them a number of times. But I think it's just a matter of just going out and being relaxed, and, and uh, it's, you know, it's a weird year. Where it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's like a great thing just to be here and get to go out there and compete uh, for a change. So,
0: yeah, it's been fun. In other draw four action, Manitoba moved to 2-0 with a 9-5 win over Yukon, while Alberta even the record at 1-1 with a 13-5 win over the Northwest Territories. And finally in draw four, wildcard team McEwen rebounded nicely from a loss earlier in the day with an 8-5 win over Northern Ontario. After the game, skip, Mike McCune spoke about the nuances in the ice between the morning and evening draws. The ice has its nuances. It's, it's, it's a little bit tricky, uh, which I love that kind of stuff. Um, I think uh, you know that's that's one of the things I love about skipping is mapping out the ice, like the little subtle breaks, just like you're mapping out a putting green. Um, I just uh, I struggled this morning a little bit, like Reed said, uh, we we're just weren't sinking up our throws, so um, that made it challenging. Uh, I thought we did a great job tonight, and um, you know the ice, uh, the speed was a little bit different tonight. It was. Slightly challenging, a um, little bit warmer in the building, but uh, I thought we were able to adapt uh, quicker than, than we did this morning. My final guest today is 2018 World Bronze Medalist and European Champion Bruce Mout, who will represent Scotland in the Men's World Championships in Calgary in early April. So, Bruce, I start many of my uh, waking up with the Briar uh, interviews by asking my guests what your go-to beverage is in the morning to help you get your day off to a good start. Um, I am a 100% coffee guy.
3: I love a coffee in the morning.
0: Now, I realize that your country was impacted by the pandemic just like ours was, but it seems like you were still able to throw some rocks and play a few events uh, throughout the season, no? Uh, Yeah,
3: we were pretty fortunate. We were actually able to curl pretty consistently from August. Um, We obviously didn't get to play events overseas like everyone else, but uh, we had the National Curling Academy that was open, and we were in there five days a week. And um, uh, We managed to even have some team sessions, and then we had some um, kind of domestic events against the other British curling
0: athletes. So Bruce, I've been speaking to a number of curlers in Canada over the past several months, and many of them have told me that one of the biggest things they struggled with during the pandemic is the gap in their lives that was created by the fact that uh, much of the curling season was cancelled now from what you just said i'm guessing that the hole wasn't as big for you to fill because you got to practice a lot and you also got to play a few games that said you typically travel a lot during a season you compete against teams from many different countries so i'm guessing that you still had to fill some sort of gap in your life uh, as a result of the cancellation of much of the curling season
3: um like as i say pretty much training full-time or almost training more than we would in a normal season because we didn't have any traveling or any kind of jet lag or anything like that to to deal with. So, uh, yeah, we were really, really fortunate um, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm obviously very fortunate to have that.
0: As we speak, Bruce, the Tim Hortons Wire is about to start inside the curling bubble in Calgary. Are you one of those uh, curling types that will be sitting in front of your computer trying to take in as much of the curling action as you can during the week?
3: Yeah, well, I'm going to probably try and watch a lot of it. Um, We were pretty fortunate with the times. I think Calgary is maybe like eight hours uh, behind us over here. So when... First draw starts it's like almost our afternoon evening time, so we we were able to watch the first two draws of every day um over here, and I plan to do the exact same for the briar um so yeah, a lot of curling to come I'm sure.
0: Now, will you be trying to learn or get familiar with any specific things while watching the action from Calgary, Bruce? Like, I I realize that the ice and the rocks will be different during the Men's Worlds than they are during the Briar. But perhaps you can still get a sense of different things that are going on inside the venue or to get a feel for what the atmosphere will be like to help your team adapt quicker once you're on site.
3: Yeah, as you say, we play a lot in Canada and we're pretty fortunate to have already played in that arena Um it was the champions cup a few years back and uh, I can remember it because my dad had come to watch so it's obviously a really good arena so it's going to be a bit different with the road cutouts look like, a lot of fun so um yeah I mean I'm still quite excited to play I'm gonna try and if I can find anything to watch um to kind of pick and discuss with the guys but um really I'm just going to be watching enjoy the curling
0: I know that many European and Asian curlers love playing in the World Championships when they are held in Canada because of the large crowds and the atmosphere. Now, that will be taken away this year because of the bubble and restrictions. I realize it's an important event that you will be focused on winning regardless, but I'm assuming that it will not feel the same as it usually does when playing in the Worlds in Canada.
3: I think it will have a different feel, uh, especially with the crowds not being there. But the other things that we enjoy coming to Canada for is obviously being a bit of a spectacle with Uh, being on TSN or Sportsnet or whoever's streaming the event that we're playing in and and they use a crazy amount of cameras and it's just nice to have that kind of uh, professional atmosphere in the arena and and that's not going to change I don't think. I think uh, a lot of the cameras are still going to be there so um, in terms of that I don't see it different and obviously we're there to curl, we're not really there to um, be a spectacle for the crowd so you know it's... (laughs) going to be different but I'm still quite excited to curl in Canada regardless.
0: Now there's even more at stake than usual in this year's world championships with six spots in the Olympic Games up for grabs. I'm assuming that puts a little additional pressure on you and the boys to perform well not only for yourselves but also to ensure that you earn a berth in the Olympics for Great Britain.
3: It makes it definitely really exciting and um, a lot of teams are going to be pushing really hard to get into that top six and we're we're probably going to be feeling the pressure during the week, but we're really excited to see where we are in terms of uh, world standings. The guys and me have obviously two world championships already, and uh, both times we've managed to reach a six-playoff situation, so we're, we're feeling that we're definitely capable of
0: doing it again
3: and hoping that it works out for us.
0: Now, have they decided how they will select which team represents Great Britain at the Olympics? Should you qualify? Will they be hosting trials or selecting the teams ahead of time, like I believe they did back in 2017 for the 2018 Olympics?
3: They've not made it 100%. Uh, We know that it's probably going to be a selection again. Um, The protocol for that selection is going to come out in the next month, I think, Uh, and that they're looking at previous results, um, current form, Things, all the kind of stuff that they look at for the selection that they made for the world so obviously if we do well at the world hoping that on the back of that we'll select a selected team uh, that we would go forward to the olympics
0: as you mentioned bruce your team has been able to train and also played in a few domestic events uh, in scotland how is your team's form right now as we approach the 2021 men's worlds
3: uh well yeah we've we've played five domestic events against um the other british curling teams and we've managed to come away with win every single time Um we're obviously got a lot of talented athletes over here in Scotland we've got um, the likes of Ross Patterson and Ross White uh, so we're playing them nearly every single week and um, we feel like we're in a really good spot and uh, we're obviously hoping that we can take on that form into the world championships it's obviously going to be a bit different because we've been playing in one nice rink for the past Oh, I don't know, like six months, maybe. So, uh, changing the environment is it, as much as it's exciting. It's going to be a bit different for us to see if we can still curl on another sheet of ice.
0: And finally, Bruce, have you been able to connect with any of the Canadian players that have been in the bubble for either the Scotties or the Briar to get a sense of what life in the bubble is like?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I managed to speak to a few of them last week when they were in the Scotties, and um, it sounds like it's going to be a bit bizarre. Obviously, not managing to do much in between the games, but uh, I think the lockdown that we've had over here is probably trained us a bit for what we're to expect when we're over there. Um, So I imagine it's going to be pretty tough, but uh, you know, it's definitely a sacrifice that we're all willing to make to be allowed to play in the world cup or the world championship, sorry. And then the, the two slams as well.
0: And that does it for today's episode of Waking Up with the Briar. Join me tomorrow for more recaps, interviews, and insights from the 2021 Tim Hortons Briar.